0: It's an alien planet. Who knows what their measurement system is? What?
1: Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, welcome to Queer Kids Play Anime. This is episode 11, like super in the double digits now, and that's super cool. We're your hosts. (laughs) Especially. We're your hosts, Aradashi.
1: I'm Gothbrew.
2: And it's our first returning guest. Hello.
0: I'm back with a vengeance.
2: Clara. Yeah, our, it's me. <laughs> our beautiful producer and uh uh pers- partner in crime.
0: Aw, thanks.
2: She's secretly in the room for every single one of these recordings, and so it's probably pretty reasonable that we just get her back on our mic every once in a while.
0: Thanks. I I I insisted, didn't I? Uh
2: n- no. No you didn't. But <laughs> no. uh, Okay, maybe
0: not in this instance, but it, I, last time for sure. But that's true, this I time
2: did. you've been very patient. Mm-hmm. knowing you were going to come back. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm honored to be... I'm honored that I was your first guest and I'm your first returning guest.
2: Yo. All right. So subject for this week is going to be the Crunchyrolls anime of the year for 2017 Made in Abyss. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Well, it's amazing what happens when you research your topic beforehand. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually both... I totally get why it won that award, and I'm also, for reasons we'll get into, surprised that it won that award, um, just because of both all of the merits, and this is a very, as we'll get into, like, it's a very beautiful anime, but also there's some, some shit about this show. <laughs>
2: Yo, real talk. Uh, I have some pretty passionate feelings about all of that stuff, too, but... When you came on last time, Clara, we didn't have our current format for our interview.
0: Oh, yeah, because I was the guinea pig.
2: You were the guinea pig. Thank you. Um, but so what kind of gay are you? Oh, no. How did anime make you gay? And what kind of Pokemon trainer are you?
0: Ooh. Um, okay, yeah. So I think last time I shared that I'm like I identify as bisexual pansexual whatever i love all of the people um literally all of them actually i love you too listeners out there um and how did anime make me gay anime definitely made me gay through i know that everyone has said this or most of the guests have said this but like sailor moon really made me gay in a lot of ways because i was like these girls are so powerful and so beautiful and I don't know there was a lot of variety going on there of like big like Sailor Jupiter was like big and strong and tough and also you had obviously um, the cousins of Sailor Neptune and Uranus and so there was a lot going on with Sailor Moon and also Ron and a half made me gay Because yeah. there was all kinds of gender stuff Going on there and I was like I God am... I wish that was me
2: I'm pretty sure that's why we have <laughs> trans people In the world is that is half? I mean, That's why I'm trans Yeah I Right
0: I, um, I definitely had the experience <laughs> You can't see it but Aradashi is losing His shit right now <laughs> Okay, but we we can't tell the no, we're tra- not we're not going to unpack that. We can't <laughs> tell the the transphobes and the turfs out there that Ramon One Half is a gateway into. That. It's um, all right.
2: We'll invite Zoe back, and then she'll tell them that Ramon she- One Half is a gateway.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, I love Ramon One Half. I happen not to be trans, but um, it did definitely occur for me while watching it or reading the manga that I was equally attracted to Ranma like in like their boy form and in their girl form and back and forth and I was like didn't matter to is me. It,
2: is it because Ranma is still Ranma? Whether or not yeah. Rama is a boy or a girl? Yeah, Ranma's just wild Ranma's oh, just Ranma gosh.
0: and super attractive either way. Um and then I don't know, anime in general is just filled with super androgynous and super like effeminate characters um, yeah i, I was mean, like yeah <laughs> i mean talk about talk about ranma one half i more than ranma one half i loved inuyasha and i was obsessed with inuyasha and that is filled with um androgynous effeminate characters like i had the biggest crush on Seshomaru who looks like what most people would think is a woman and i'm okay with that
2: all right, so uh, I didn't realize uh, the hole that I was digging myself into with that question. I mean, so well you uh, asked. <laughs> I, I mean, I did. It is it is my fault. I take full responsibility. So moving on, uh, what kind of Pokemon trainer would you be?
0: Um, well, I have to admit, while I love Pokemon, I'm not s- necessarily literate in all the different types of Pokemon. We don't have Zoe here to tell me, not the Pokemon, but the Pokemon trainers. You have mm-hmm. me here. Yeah, so Gothbree, sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. You're going to have to... <laughs> Okay, but yeah. Okay, we've got Gothbrew here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> so, I don't know the exact n- title for these Pokémon trainer, but whatever Pokémon trainer can like y- uses fairy type Pokémon, specifically Clefairy. Nerd. Nerd. No. <laughs> okay, um um my answer no. is nerd. No.
1: Probably like Alas. Or there's like the Pokey fans who, like, they're all decked out in like Pokemon, like, clothing. And oh, yeah,
2: like, yeah, because, like, in the later Pokemon, they have like one type of Pokemon. Well, I was thinking about. Um,
0: Are you talking about like a Pokemon cosplay? <laughs>
1: no, they're called Pokey fans.
0: But they dress up like.
1: No, they just have like a Pikachu snapback and like a Pikachu uh, shirt and like. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, There's also, in the later games, the ones that dress up their Pokemon. Oh, Uh, that sounds like me. Yeah, and I feel like one of those trainers would have a Clefairy. Clefairy seemed like an easily dress-up Pokemon.
0: Yeah, so whatever trainer has a Clefairy, because I am a Clefairy, so...
2: All right, congratulations, lass. We have found (laughs) your title. Uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yep, I guess that's me then.
2: Alright, well uh, I feel like this is a good point to transition to our topic, Made in Abyss. Uh something I'm usually pretty bad about is giving an overview of the anime before we start. So here we go. Made in Abyss is about uh Shocker, the Abyss. Uh about kids who um grow up in an orphanage, um and are taught to be uh like excavators of the ruins that they live in um and that is the abyss it's a giant hole that's in the ground there are six layers um and the entire society seems seems run on excavating these artifacts and the higher up in the hierarchy you are the more powerful you are but also the higher risk you have because the further down you get into the hole um the worst monsters that are down there and when you start to try to come back up. Uh the curse of the abyss takes effect. And uh you can suffer potentially lethal effects to you. Um but when we were watching it, uh Clara was incredibly passionate about Made in the Abyss. It's and- really
0: good. And I mean, yeah, like this abyss, they very few humans have made it to the bottom i don't think in the show anyone's ever made it actually to the bottom and it, there's very few people who've made it to the sixth well they level. can't
2: they can't confirm whether or not people have made it to the bottom because they don't trust anyone who's made it to the sixth level
0: oh yeah because they'll go insane Is like one of the potential side or effects lose their humanity yeah lose yeah. their humanity
2: yeah, anyone who's attempted to return to the surface from the sixth level is functionally no longer human.
0: Yeah, because we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of feet down into this planet.
2: Yeah, so what what's the big pull for Made of an Abyss for you? Like, why would you recommend it to somebody else?
0: Um, Well, the anime itself is gorgeous Um, and I know that that's something we talk about with a lot of shows but it's really beautifully constructed Um, the art is amazing Um, I love the whole details that gone into the concept and I really love I mean this is the case with books with movies um, and with shows I love an anime that has obviously the creator has put so much thought into the world building um, because there's this, you know, <clears throat> there is this whole unique society and that he's... Sorry, I don't actually know the gender of the creator. Did you look that up at all?
2: Mm, oh, I did, but uh, I forget his name at the moment. But.
0: Okay. But yeah, there's obviously um, a lot of attention to detail that he put into it. And, you know, like I'm a sucker for fantasy maps. And in um and in this show like there is this map uh a hand drawn map of the abyss that they you know reference throughout the sh- series and it's beautiful and you get to see like all these like sketches and drawings um i really want to own it as art and put it on my walls um but there's just obviously so much thought and detail that went into the world building and like what are all the what are all what's the history of the abyss like what's gone in there's all this whole hierarchy of like the different levels of whistles which Mm -hmm. are like mark the different um levels of adventurers and like the white whistles for example are the creme de la creme most advanced explorers Mm -hmm. and i don't know there's all these different creatures that go into it and so Mm -hmm. there's and there's all these beautiful um environments and so I just found myself really every episode we watched being captivated by one detail or another and the even the music and soundtrack is mm. gorgeous in fact like I looked it up and and the entire soundtrack for Made in Abyss um, was made by this Australian artist named Kevin Penkin And it just has this really beautiful atmosphere to it. And there's even this some of the main themes are have lyrics in a completely made up language um, that is that it's like really beautiful. So I just watching the show, I really felt like I was in this really fleshed out other world. And anytime I can kind of suspend my disbelief and have that experience of there is so much more to this world then is then is being shared with me like i would want to read an entire detailed book series about this about the abyss and about mm. this society and about mm. everything that's going on
2: sweet uh, how about you Gothbrew? what was your big takeaway for Maiden abyss
1: um i really connect with the main character's motivation of finding her mother So, like, her mother is, like, uh, an advanced adventurer and um, has, like, ventured into, like, the deepest layers of the abyss and is presumably, like, no one knows, like, alive or dead. But, um, oh, gosh, what's the little girl's name? Rico. Um, She has a clue that, like, convinces her her mother is still alive. So I really connect with that like emotional motivation. I really like the show's blend of they're like they lure you in with these like like small children, char- main characters and then shit just gets real in the abyss. Like like stuff you just you expect from like attack on titan or something. Like yeah I feel like
0: I feel like we should almost make I kind of want to make like almost like a content warning esque thing but not exactly that it's more of if you watch this show you're gonna get drawn in with how pretty it is the characters are cute you're gonna get emotionally attached to them and you're gonna want to see it through the to the end but the thing is shit really does get real and it kind of takes this turn for the very very serious in like the last couple episodes and by that point you're already emotionally invested and you want to see it through to the end and so i almost Absolutely. want to tell people like don't start watching this show unless you are prepared to like get like go through to the end and see some real shit because you honestly just say
1: like a like gore warning basically.
0: yeah and like going beyond fantasy gore because it's not just like oh there's like blood and battles like this is this is like real survivalist shit i guess is what i would say yeah that's a good and but it summary. can it definitely felt to me like we started off in a cute wonderful world like sesame street and ended up in some game of thrones-esque real shit that left me a little shocked. So I'm just telling people that. Like, you're going to want to see it out to the end, but you're going to have to make it through some real brutal scenes if you want to see it through to the, the end. You
2: well, know, One of the things that makes made it abyss so effective is that it's because of the way we get drawn in to the main characters and what they're going through. And what makes the gore so um potent is not actually gore like it's not actually a lot of gore in the series yeah and but what it makes it painful is that and and instead of something like attack on titan where the you're getting the shock effect of like watching like aaron's mom be eaten by a like a titan or something like that um Mm -hmm. you're actually sitting through the pain of someone like Mm -hmm. going through it and i was personally really impressed how long they like sat us through all of the pain that was happening
0: i agree with you aradashi the amount of time that they linger on some of these moments and like you're saying really being with the pain of these characters that you've grown to love and also the fact that they're they're children. They're very young um, and sweet, but to me, it kind of reminded me of watching that movie, *The Revenant*, mm. the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, where he like fights a goddamn bear and like goes goes through the wilderness by himself like it was that level of intense survival and pain and realness about like what can happen to a person when they're out facing the elements in a really dangerous environment and these young kids go out to these the lower lower levels of the abyss even though they're just like explorers and training and they run into some real shit <laughs>
1: It also taps into that like childhood wonder of like and sense of adventure mm. when you like are doing make believe games as a kid or like even like something in like a like creating your own narrative when you're playing a video game, when you have like the freedom to explore and giving yourself a narrative, it it really captured that like emotional like these kids are so excited to um, explore and discover and And
0: they really believe in themselves and have this kind of not necessarily a sense of invincibility but they're risk taking like they're Mm -hmm. willing to face these unknown dangers and go on this really risky adventure Um, and I love how the main character Rico is just a brave courageous young girl who just doesn't give like she doesn't give a damn she is so determined and um it's really nice to see how brave she is Mm.
2: yeah and one of the things that sets made in abyss apart from a lot of you know good anime where i would say made in abyss moves itself into a great anime is that there's a sense of risk at all times right you know you may not get to until the end of the first season until you're starting to get like the really like deep painful stuff but there's always a sense that they can make one wrong move and Mm -hmm. something will disappear and and sometimes it's not even the monsters in the abyss like they run into another white whistle who's like uh, the guard of an outpost and uh, get totally wrecked by this white whistle in, like, a very particular sort of way. And so for a little while, like, the main antagonist of, like, that short story, uh, short part of the story, is someone who is supposed to be, like, their ally. Or the, their guide, yeah.
0: And then you question if they're sane or not, and, you know, if they're evil or not, and what is, like, going on with them.
2: And you know, we have all this evidence that people have gone to the bottom are insane like they come back and they're not still attached to their humanity in the same way and so it's totally reasonable that they would let this person continue in that capacity.
1: And it's like one of the moments of the show where you or at least for me like your naive like what's that word? the naive naivety yeah is like shattered by like what they encounter because you kind of or like i get like caught up in like the feelings of of the main characters Mm. and then they get their faces smashed in um to like learn a lesson and uh i'm like oh like this it's not just like a fun adventure
0: And I would like to bring up one of something we haven't really talked about yet, which is one of the coolest characters and one of the reasons why they're even able to have like, why are two, I think they're about like 10 years old, say 12, 12. Okay. So why are two 12 year olds able to go on a crazy adventure in such a dangerous environment? It's because one of those 12 year olds is a robot. Mm. (laughs) And so there's Rico, the main character girl, and then there's Regu, this robot like well he looks like a boy but he's also a robot and he has amnesia and he came from in the abyss but we don't actually know Mm -hmm. he doesn't remember so we don't know where where he's from um
2: presumably in the bottom Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but he has some really cool powers that have are the only reason that they're able to survive
1: mega man powers x buster he has an x buster (laughs) yeah
0: he's got
1: but it it renders him, like, it requires so much energy to use, he can't, like, wield it efficiently, and and so, um, it's like, it's it's always, like, a last resort um, tool when they're traveling
2: in the abyss. Yeah, he falls asleep for two hours after he ex-busters.
0: Which I think is another good example of, like, in this story, like, what you were talking about, Aradashi, there's always this, like, risk present, or danger. So, you know, here's this robot boy with a really powerful like laser beam, not laser beam, like like what, what do we call he it? He calls it
1: an incinerator in the show.
0: Yeah, so he has this like beam of energy he can like shoot out of his hand that's very effective and very destructive but if he uses it, then he's going to pass out for like maybe even up to two hours afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so he's, it's not like in a anime show where, you know, they've got this busted move that they can just take out against enemies whenever they want. Like if he uses this, he's also then gonna be unconscious and leave Rico, his, you know, friend, totally vulnerable um, and alone. And so like, again, there's always this risk assessment of what they're doing and yeah. But he's super cool and sweet. I love their relationship with each other and their like friendship that they have and the bond mm-hmm. that they form. And, oh, he also has extendable arms like mm-hmm. that he can just shoot out and retract. And so it makes him perfect for cave climbing. He was like invented to be able to right. traverse. To yeah, repel. <laughs> it,
2: it, it sort of feels like he was specifically sent up by her mom to escort her down because there's no way... That Rico would be able to do this traversing without Regu. Right, Regu could do it on his own. He's like very capable. The only question is, is that Rico participates in this uh, duo by being by actually knowing what's going on? Regu's lost his memory, but Rico has done a lot of studying of the abyss and uses her meta knowledge of the abyss to be able to avoid some of the worst situations that they run into that mm-hmm. uh Reku would not have been able to recognize.
0: Um, and there's some other really cool characters that come up in season one. And there's a lot of like diverse characters. I like how this show handles gender in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Um,
1: there's a, a main character later on. That's a, a canonically like non-binary bunny person
0: and i think the creator of the show like went on record to say that like this character who at one point was a normal human child did have a gender which they never really tell you what that gender was but then through a series of events gets transformed into a bunny Uh creature person and then that bunny they always use not non um non-gendered pronouns and Mm -hmm. that bunny doesn't have a gender and i also like that they don't like reference oh but they used to be uh it's like there's no right. there's no mis retroactive misgendering going on
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but yeah nanachi's super cool and really really capable nanachi. and i love i love nanachi the bunny
2: yeah and then earlier uh in the series there's a blue whistle the first blue whistle that we actually run, really run into i think so um is uh uh is a trans character like a trans uh character who
1: heavily implied right uh or
2: is I, it i think it's pretty explicit because regu has a conversation with her uh about like the like miss like being confused about their gender uh-huh. um because, and I, the, ins- the insinuation is that like, you know, their body presents in one way, but they dress in another, uh, uh-huh. but they have the conversation while Rico's asleep. And so it's sort of this private conversation that happens, uh, outside of the ears of our main character, Rico's like slightly above Regu in that. Um, and so I sort of appreciated that aspect of that conversation because it's like a, a situation that gets handled like super quietly in a private conversation and is never actually questioned by our main character and so the main character just always just continues going through and being like oh you were you're always this thing and there's right never yeah and i thought that was super cool
1: their name is um
2: Maruduku.
0: And yeah, we we meet them at the the outpost that they go to, and Maruduku is like always dressed like in a maid outfit, which is kind of funny. It was funny to me that like here you are in this like outpost, but you're always going to be dressed to the team. Well, in this the
1: assistant to
2: the like the like
1: leader of the outpost.
2: True, right. but
0: you know aesthetic. And I they, I had to admire the commitment to the aesthetic.
2: <laughs> Yo, aesthetic is super important. Ozen is also very committed to her to the aesthetic. aesthetic. <laughs> Is there anything about Matador that, um, like, you really liked about their character in particular?
1: I mean, I struggle to think of 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 something specific because their screen time was pretty small. Mm.
0: One thing I liked was that uh, it was an instance where it was a trans character, and there were never any jokes about about that. There was mm. never. I do
1: appreciate that.
0: Like even. <laughs> "Quote unquote, like well-meaning, you know, jokes of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're you're a girl. I thought you were a boy, or oh, like, or just some sort of like any sort of. They were just they meet this. Oh, you look really good. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they meet this character, and you know she's wearing a dress and she's like presenting as female, and like that is never like questioned. Mm There, you know, you mentioned there was the conversation that they kind of have, um." and we're not privy to the conversation, but even then it seemed like Regu was just like having a curious, like not so much like, Hey, what's your deal? I don't understand, but more of like, Hey, like I, I'm curious about, about you. And I've never met someone like this before. Like I want to, I want to like, he's
1: like this blank slate. Mm
0: -hmm. So he's like, I just want to understand.
1: Learned prejudices.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I really liked about Maru, because even if like in the course of the whole anime, like, she didn't get a ton of time. I felt like she had two episodes where we got to see her a lot. And she was just clearly very capable at all times. There's something mm-hmm. really nice about her also being the personal assistant to Ozen. Like, chosen specifically for her aptitude um, by this crazy powerful white whistle. And when things are, like, really going down and Ozen's, like, really putting the test down on Rico and Regu... Um, Maru goes and finds other people and being like, all right, yo, Ozan's a little off the wall. Can, <laughs> can <laughs> someone come in here and like help the situation out? Um, and so is just a really consistent presence during that whole act. Um, and never like loses her cool, but also recognizes when the situation is over her head and like goes and finds other people to help out what's your uh two sentence tldr for why people should continue or start watching made in abyss
0: it's a really beautiful well executed anime that has a compelling story and it balances out the oh my god, this is so sweet and cute and heartwarming. To oh my god, this is telling a very real story. Um, and hitting you with the hitting you with the realness. Also, go listen to the OST because it's beautiful.
2: Hmm. How about you, Guthrie?
1: Um, I think if you ever have spent time building fantasy narratives in your head while climbing trees and like exploring the wilderness or splunking or anything like that, you might really enjoy Men in Abyss.
2: Um, I think the art style provides a great canvas for the story to be told. The contrast of its really cute chibi characters to the very real looming fear of death um, and the very realized moments that happen throughout the whole series. If you like consequence in your anime, this would be a good one to watch. Is there anything that y'all are looking forward to in the future? Um everything.
1: Everything I mean there's so many games that that are like on the horizon. Tomb Raider, New Tomb Raider and um uh, Smash Bros Whoop. later on in December. Uh, new spider-man yeah just like a lot of 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 video game hours that i don't know like where they're gonna fit into my life
2: i believe in you you can do it thank you (laughs) (laughs) how about you Karada?
0: um well um i'm going to kumori con at the end of october um got is going as well yeah i forgot i'm
1: excited about that too
0: well yeah (laughs) um but what i'm really excited well one thing i'm really excited about is this weekend i'm gonna start working on my cosplay that i've got going for um for that convention so who are you (laughs) well this will come as such a huge surprise as i am doing a clefairy cosplay (gasps) what Uh uh-huh i know who saw that coming but who's your pokemon master uh Zoe? You don't answer that <laughs> <laughs> no actually for real though um zoe who was a guest on this po- podcast is going to the convention too and she has her pokemon trainer costume and so i'm gonna be her clefairy and so this weekend i'm <laughs> no, get- that's- it's that's what's happening that's uh, the gayest hot. shit <laughs> i know right <laughs> um so this weekend is when i'm gonna start like
1: she's <laughs> gonna be your pokemon handler <laughs> hey okay
0: um tell her to bring a moonstone i sure okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure how to take that
2: what you don't want to evolve
0: um no i want to stay clefairy forever <laughs> i don't want to become a clefable i'm sorry um but so this weekend is when i'm gonna start working on that and like putting together like carving foam and doing all the fun little details so that i can have all that shit and ready for the convention um there's that i don't know Uh, goth brew and i are starting to have more time off at the same time so we were talking true yeah which is great i love it and so we've talked about like maybe doing more streaming together um which is exciting what's that what's the game that you were talking about that maybe we'll stream
1: oh it's um worst girl games um heaven will be mine they did we know the devil it's it's a lot of Gay, trans shit. Um, girls fighting in mechs and making out and visual novel, yeah. stuff like that. So, Les- so lesbians in and mechs. Life. Yeah, my <laughs> my daily life.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much a lot of the stuff that I'm looking forward to. Sweet.
2: Uh, Things I'm looking forward to playing some more Divinity 2 with Goth Brew. Oh, That'll yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, the new version of The World Ends With You is coming out October twelfth <laughs> on like the, the fourth
1: port of it or something. Yeah,
2: I only played it on my phone last year, so like NBD. Um what else is happening in my life right now? Oh, I'm going to Chicago this weekend. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. Um Hawk still hasn't come out yet, so I'm still pretty stoked on that. Oh I'm also moving. That's also pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got some stuff to look forward to. Thanks, Clara, for being our first repeat guest. Oh,
0: you're welcome.
2: All right. Well, we'll see you next time, and literally every time you're here, every time.
0: That's true. I'll always be here in spirit Hmm. and
1: in person. Yeah, just literally. You're just literally here watching us.
0: (laughs) I'll be here watching you with very judgmental stares, and also gesturing from off. (laughs) Uh, In Pokemon,
2: they call that mean look.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be giving you mean look and just mean mugging. And And then we can't escape.
2: Just like Regu has hyper beam because he needs to reach. He does. It (laughs) is hyper
0: beam. Oh, Oh my God. God. Uh, (laughs) I also have that bad habit of like Aradashi will be like asking a question, even a rhetorical one, like on. The podcast, and I'll be like wildly gesturing from where he can see me of being like nodding really furiously or being like trying to communicate with him silently to like either send him information or be like, "Oh yeah, that is a thing <laughs> so I yeah, I really am involved even when you can't hear me talking.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're so welcome for the
1: work that you do Oh,
0: I feel so acknowledged
1: and thank you for listening. A special.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening. Special thanks again to our producer, Clara. And to June for doing our sound tech and making all our music. You can find more of her music at soundcloud.com slash June Bernie. And you can email us your questions or comments at queerkidsplayanime at com, And don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at QKPlayAnime. Tune in next time when we talk about Erased. See you soon.